And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. And I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host, Stevie D, who is live on location from Parts Unknown. How you doing, Stevie D? Oh, on the road again? <laughs> I just got on the road again. I mean, it's unbelievable. Another week, another city. Um, I am actually calling from Orlando. Yo, your miles have got to be out of this world. I'm telling you. You're always you. traveling. I'm the traveling fool. Unbelievable. But actually, it's a good time here in Orlando at a conference and, and learning a lot of good stuff. So all, all, all is good this week anyway. Oh, you're just rubbing it in, aren't you? Just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I should have been there. Could have been there, but I'm not there. Oh, just imagine if I was. We could have done this really live on remote. Right, right from the pool with a couple <laughs> of drinks in the hand. <laughs> well, no, no. I would have only been there for, for educational and work reasons. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Stevie D, I'm dying over here, man. Why? It, it, it is just the, the the calendar just turned from October to November. And all over the place, I'm seeing Christmas decorations. I'm going into the stores, and there's Christmas trees all over the place. They're playing Christmas music. We haven't even gotten to Gobble Gobble Day. No, it is crazy. Like Home Depot and the Lowe's of the world. I mean, they've had Christmas trees up well in the beginning of October. I mean, it's crazy to put this stuff out so early. And you're not even getting deals this early. It's like you're paying full price right now to go out and buy this stuff. You know, I would love to find, it's funny you mentioned that. I would love to find how much retail stores are making pre-Black Friday. Because I mean, everybody is waiting. Right, so how how are you selling anything? I have no idea. I I'm looking for a sale. I'm not I'm not going to buy anything, knowing I'm going to pay full price. I'm probably I'm probably paying above the normal rates. That is so true. But it's disgusting to think that I'm going out and buying a Christmas tree, and I even hate Halloween yet. Right. <laughs> you just hey. stop and think about that. It's just awkward. So I'm still in shorts. Well. For the people in the colder cities, I'm still in shorts and I'm buying a Christmas tree. Are you rubbing it in? No, I'm just saying, you know, in in the colder cities, we're lucky that we can still wear shorts a little beginning of October. Here in Florida, it's a year-round phenomenal phenomenon where you can wear shorts all year around. Well, to to all my family and friends that reside in the seven one six, where yeah, tomorrow does not look good. Oh, they're getting snow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now, now who's rubbing it in for the people in the 716? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, I do not miss that. I don't miss it at all. <laughs> I was running around outside today sweating, <laughs> wishing that I had shorts on. Oh, man. 37 degrees and snow. Oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. I will pass on that. But at least you got to admit, when you see snow, at least you can think, you know, holiday season. When when it's hot and you have palm trees just blowing, that that's the farthest thing from my mind. Yeah, I, I have to give it to you there because when I first moved to Florida and we got the house out in the 352 um, yeah. and uh, – <laughs> and, uh, uh, I'm, I have to cut the lawn so I can put the Christmas decorations up on, on the lawn. 
And then I remember cutting the lawn around the Christmas decorations. That was a little weird in shorts, in the t-shirt, the first time I had to do that. that. That was weird, I have to admit. There's no doubt, no doubt. But CBD, let, let's let's get into what we're really here to talk about. We're here to talk about the one and only team. That's right, my Buffalo Bill. Yeah, baby. Yes. If you're with me, knock on wood. Uh, you know, you know. Actually, we want to thank the fans for voting because they voted Buffalo in the tie for top story this week. They, they did. Uh, they did. Yes. And at Real OW Sports is the Twitter, and we had the poll up there. And the fans were voting for us to talk about the Buffalo Bills. Loving it. Loving it. At least through Twitter, my Bills are getting a little bit of respect. They're not getting respect out there from the national media, which, you know, is, is a blessing and a curse, I guess, at, at times, right? Uh, so you, I think it is a blessing. You, you don't have all those headlines. You don't have to worry about all these guys being pulled away from interviews from this station and that station asking some of the stupidest questions known to man. But, you know, you do want to see your name in, in lights every once in a while. No, you know, no, I, no. I do. I, no. I want to see my guy Tredavious White get some credit for the way he's playing. I want to see Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde get some credit for what they're doing. I want to see Devin Singletary, who had a great breakout game, get, you know, get his name out there a little bit. It not don't overdo it. Uh, don't overdo it, but give us a little respect. Well, it was it was nice to see Buffalo bounce back against the Washington Redskins for sure. Now, granted, it is the Washington Redskins, but sometimes you need that game on your schedule to kind of kind of shake the cobwebs out from the week before, and, and and they definitely took care of business. Heck, I even got Josh Allen uh, on one of my flex players, and and he and he lit it up pretty good there for me. With I think he got me twenty six points, so. Um, I was happy to see Buffalo kind of get back on track because uh, my what, team's in the toilet. So, um, but I'll tell you, Steve, that other team. I'll tell you, one of the things with Buffalo that concerns me right now. Now we're getting into the meaty part of the season, and now now you have teams that are legitimate teams. And no disrespect to your Jets, but you know we, <laughs> we're not a legitimate team. Come on, come on. But even, yeah, we even. had what the Dolphins and we had the Bengals and. You know, you had all these teams that, you know, aside from the Patriot game or, or the Eagles game, you know, that the Bills were were winning, right? And, and I'm not going to say dominating, but they were winning. But all of a sudden, so, uh, there's a trend, right? And that trend is that run defense for the Buffalo Bills. Adrian Peterson had over 100 yards at halftime. I Yes, Adrian Peterson is a good running back. Yes, I, I you know, Hall, maybe a future Hall of Famer. But 100 at halftime against a defense that's supposed to be one of the top defenses in the NFL? That doesn't happen. And I think about just a week ago, Jordan Howard comes out, and he's talking about where Buffalo was afraid and they didn't want to tackle. I don't think that's what it is, but something's going on where Leslie Frazier has got to shore up that run D because our stretch – we're going to have nothing but, you know, legitimate running backs that are going to be hitting us over the next three to four weeks. You're going to have the likes of Nick Chubb. Plus, guess who's coming back this week? Who? 
Kareem Hunt makes his debut for the Cleveland Browns this week. Oh, yeah, he does. So we'll see what he's all about. But, you know, you, you have guys like Chubb and Hunt, and we're going to have Ezekiel Elliott on the schedule as well. I mean, it, it's not going to be an easy test if you can't stop the run. I mean, these guys are going to run the ball right down your throat. And you know they've seen what's happened for the last two weeks. Well, what I'll say about this is that I am counting on your Buffalo Bills. Okay? Okay. We appreciate don't, it. Don't screw it up. <laughs> okay? Because we got – we got a little lucky, not a little lucky because they played a good game, but now you're back within one game with one game to play. You got your gift. You realize this. You got your gift. Now, was it really a gift? No, it's it's a gift in the, in the sense of you had a loss to them and you had a, a silly loss, not a silly loss, but you had a loss against the Eagles. I wish you would have played better. So you were down by two. This was a really good week to pick up that game so now you got to be feeling good as a buffalo bill fan saying hey all right, we're only one game back we won the play with them that i agree with we we right. are definitely we, you know we've kept and we energize you as a player though when you think about it you know as you get along in the season i don't know where you play the patriots again but as you move on the season and and it's and it's a two game advantage it's like ah oh, man we were going to catch him but it's one game now you can say hey Patriots slip up again, and we win. Now we're we're we're, we're right there. We're tied with one game to play. So, uh, I, I think the Buffalo Bills are are definitely going to be re energized and refocused now that they're one game back. They they have a tough stretch. The Bills really do have a tough stretch. You know, they we have Cleveland coming up. You know, this week we we go to Cleveland for this game. You don't know what you're going to get out of the Browns, right? What's Freddie Kitchens going to do? I have no idea. And, and really, where where are the minds of the Browns players? We have the Dolphins, who under Fitz, you know, they're actually playing like a legitimate team, not not a team that's tanking. But then, you know, you know, then we have the Broncos. But then you have the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Patriots. That's a four-game stretch that that that's that is a make-or-break stretch for you. You know, do you come out of that three and one, two and two, four and zero? Oh? I, you know, it's it's a great question. Having the Patriots on the road, I'd rather have them back at New Era. That's for sure. You know, the Cowboys going into AT and T Stadium on Turkey Day. Well, again, what Cowboys team are you going to get? And how healthy will the Cowboys be? Because they they are always putting one of these guys as questionable and limited participation. And, and the Ravens, I really want I I want to see me some Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I want to see him come to New Era. I want to see what we could do against him. Uh, I'd like to see what Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott can dial up. So that's going to be an interesting game. I I do think that the Bills have a legitimate shot. Uh, to push the Patriots for that division, for that AFC East. What, what's really going to – it's really going to really kind of tick me off, I'll be honest with you, is if we end up playing for the wild card because we have a an 11-5 and five type record. You know, you, you put up a, a what should be a division-winning type record and you're sitting in the wild card 
and that that's just going to really get at me. But we'll see. Yeah, no, I, I think the way the Dolphin, Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills defense is playing, I think they literally have a legitimate shot to win. You're in every game because of your defense. And the way Leslie Frazier's got them playing, you got stars all over the place in that defense. They play cohesive. They're together. They're like, you know, I mean, you're talking about the brotherhood. That's how they play. Um, they're all over the ball. There's everything to like about the Buffalo Bills defense. And I think if Josh Allen, I don't want to say game manager, because he he can he can make plays. He's got a big arm. I like your running game. I like Frank Gore. How can you not love Frank Gore? Singletary kid. Mm, I, let me tell you about Frank Gore. Oh, don't you dare make fun of the guy. Don't even say anything bad about Frank Gore. He went to the U, yeah, and we not- just saw what the U did to Florida State. Look, we yeah, you got to so fire. That's what you Absolutely. did. Absolutely, that's what we do. But let, coach let, let me tell you, the Bills and Frank Gore need to stay away from yard one yard to go. We had the yeah. ball first and goal and couldn't punch it in from one yard out. Then we had a fourth and one. It couldn't convert the fourth and one. I, I don't get that. You know, here, here's what I don't get, Stevie D. And it's not just the Bills. You remember when you played Madden? <laughs> I'm going to take you back to Madden. Remember when you played Madden and you were down on the goal line and you'd call a single back four wide, right? So basically, you know, you're spreading it out. Touchdown every time. Absolutely, because I got to respect the pass. Right. Just get taking candy from a baby. But now what they want to do, they want to bring in three tight ends. You want to, you know, this jumbo heavy package. Well, not everybody stacks the line. I don't know. I never understood that. I never understood that because just because you bring three tight ends, you don't think the defense is bringing in a goal line package to 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 combat the three tight end set? Exactly. No, part part of it is the male ego, right? I'm stronger and I'm better than you, and my guys are going to beat you at the line of scrimmage. Just give me the touchdown. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, thank you. I don't need to go through all of that. Right? Let, let's just get the touchdown, and now I'll show you how much stronger I am by sitting on the sideline drinking a cup of Gatorade. Yeah. It's, it's, it's silly, and I do like Buffalo's chance. I do think you're a strong team in all phases of your game. Okay, your special teams are, well – no, he had the block oh, punt. Oh no! Yeah. Well, okay. He had the block punt, but um, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just look at the Buffalo Bills and I say, I think they're a legit team. I, I do. Yeah, you, you do a stinker against the Eagles. All right, the Eagles. It's not like the Eagles are an awful football team. They're not an awful football team. They have playmakers. Still, it's not like they, they, they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and everybody's gone. They're still a very capable football team. So yes, you laid an egg, but you didn't you didn't lay an egg against an awful football team. Let's let's be clear about that. Okay. Look, we're gonna talk about the Ravens Patriots. I mean, the the Ravens laid a butt whipping against the Patriots. So it can happen. You guys laid the egg. You moved on, you came back, you bounced back, you played good football, you beat the Redskins, you took care of business. And and I and I think now you're you're back on track. Let's go, Buffalo. I love to hear you talking positive about my Buffalo Bills. Well, you know, as a, as a podcaster, right, I, I can't be all 
negative against teams that I am not fans of, but uh, oh, I can. The fact is the fact. The, I the can. facts are the facts. The facts the, are the facts. There, there's one team I can be negative about, and that's a team that got manhandled and destroyed on national television. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. I loved it. I loved it. Now, I, you know, early on in the year, I said, I'm not sold on Lamar Jackson. Now that some games have been played, I'm not sold on Lamar Jackson. But I will tell you that he is a hellified runner of the football. As a quarterback, is he a dual threat? I would say no. He just causes you to kind of have a little angst, if you will, because you don't know what to do. Do you put a spy on him? You can't blitz him, or if you blitz him, you, you can't blitz up the middle because if he gets on the outside, which means you're playing man, now all of a sudden he's taken off. Yeah, he, he does create that nightmare, but I'm not afraid of him throwing the football. All right, so let me ask you this. In seriousness, who are their wide receivers? Hollywood Brown. Who else? Hollywood Brown. <laughs> okay. You got a pretty decent tight end that's kind of emerging this year in Andrews, right? They do. So okay. So let me ask you, when you say Lamar Jackson, you don't you don't like him as a passer or you don't believe him as a passer. Could it be safe to say that his receivers aren't getting the separation that is needed for him to be an effective passer? Because when I watch him play, his first reaction is to be dropped down, drop back, and pass. Now, they run some option plays, don't get me wrong, because how could you not when you have a talent like, like Lamar Jackson that with his speed, his cut ability, his elusiveness, his agility, all of that? But we've seen games this year where he's lit it up for 350-plus with four or five touchdown passes. So sometimes I, I think we're, we're quick to judge Lamar that he's not a passer, but he can be a passer when the situations come up. So I don't want to say that he's not a passer because I don't know, and I'm not a Ravens guru, and I don't watch every game, but if I studied the film, I would study the wide receivers and the tight ends to see are they getting separation where is Lamar Jackson missing passes or is it the receivers not getting the separation as needed? So but, I, I will say this for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, from a passing, from a just a pure passing perspective, um, has been mediocre at best, right? He is the prototypical sophomore quarterback. Um, you know, he he's averaging probably throwing for about 200 yards a game. You know, when they put you, you can't include the, the Dolphin game where they went for 59, right? And, and he was just throwing the ball all over the place. But for most of the time, you know, he's averaging a touchdown or less a game. Now, he's been in the league how long? This is his second year. He came yeah. in with the same class of of, of uh, Baker, Baker, Sam, thank you. Josh. Sam, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and then there's Lamar Jackson. Right. Is he the lowest, lowest draft pick out of all those quarterbacks? Yeah, I think the Ravens traded back into the first round to pick him. He was the last pick of the first round. Does he have the most wins of all those quarterbacks? Oh, yes, where, where are you going with this? Okay, yeah. I'll give you that. Okay, he's got the most wins. He's got the highest passer rating amongst all those. Uh, hold on, 
most wins yeah. total in 11. his career or, or of this just this year? No, total in his career is 11. I think yeah. he's got 11 wins. Yeah, but that's, that's not the most of, of the class. Who's got more wins than him? Josh Allen's got more wins than him. I don't Baker, think so. Baker Mayfield's I, got I, 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 No, Baker Mayfield doesn't have more than 12 wins. No, no, not 12. Well, Lamar, Lamar Jackson's got 12 wins total as the starting quarterback of the Ravens. Okay. okay. He's got the highest passer rating so far in these young careers. And I think it's 89. Going into Monday night, it was 89. I don't think he'd hurt his case on Monday Night Football. If anything, his career rating went up a little bit. That is such a... Yeah. I, okay, but hold on. These are stats that they take. All right, so how many touchdowns does he have this year? Uh, I don't know. He's got 12. I, take away the five from the Dolphin game. I think every every team well, how needs many to rushing, take, how, how many How many rushing touchdowns does he have? Uh, uh, total touchdowns? That, that's a different story. We're just talking uh, pure passing. But, but, look, his game, but his game is his game, right? His game is running and passing. The Ravens are doing a very good job of incorporating his running skills with his passing skills, keeping teams off balance, and you still got Mark Ingram back there. And they're, they're playing good football. It's just yeah. different football. Yeah. It's just different than what we're used to seeing. But they're able to do this and control the clock. They're rushing for over two hundred. They're averaging over two hundred yards per game. I'll give you that. I'll give you so, that. That yeah, system is working for them, and it's working really well. I mean, they literally destroyed the Patriots' defense with the running game. Destroyed them. I mean, to the point where if you saw Bill Belichick on the sidelines, he said effing a-holes on the sideline about his defense. Yeah. Right? I, I, so, I, can't, I can't argue. I can't argue at all against it. So I, I just look at Lamar Jackson, what he's doing there. Look, it's part Lamar Jackson. It's the offensive line. It's the offensive coordinator. That whole game plan right now for the Ravens is working. And I give Lamar because Lamar didn't get a lot of hype coming out. Didn't get a lot of love on draft day. Not a lot of people talked him up. And what the kid? What's the kid doing? He's winning football games. He's got a very good passer rating for a young quarterback. Running the ball. I mean, he is special. I just, I, I just reminds me of Michael Vick. When it, when I watch him run, and and I always thought I'll never see somebody like Michael Vick again r- running with the football. But um, and I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is Michael Vick because Michael Vick was was just uh, running running the football. But I just think he's doing everything he can. And I, I just when they went up seventeen nothing, I'm like, oh my god, this is great. And then they forced a three and out. I'm like, oh yeah, they're gonna get the ball back. And then the guy calls it for the fair catch and fumbles the football. And they said, I literally, as I'm in this hotel room, I dropped the F-bomb. I said, are you effing kidding me? This is how we're going to let these guys back in the game? I was so mad that 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 he took that nonchalant fair catch, you know, kind of running to the football. And, and I said, here we go. I, I, I'm going to tell you the, the secret to his success, and, and I'm talking Lamar Jackson's success, is Greg Roman. Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator there, is a has a hell of a mind when it comes to a mobile quarterback. He, he was Tyrod Taylor. He absolutely was. When Tyrod Taylor had a great year with Buffalo, 
Greg Roman was the offensive coordinator. He was also the offensive coordinator in the the 49ers when they had Colin Kaepernick. It went Kaepernick, and, and they went to the Super Bowl. And now he's doing the same thing with Baltimore. I'm telling you, Greg Roman is going to be one of those hot names that's going to be a head coaching uh, hire in 2020. Well, that's an interesting with Greg Roman, because you're right on how he's done that with now three different quarterbacks that have the ability to scramble and devise the game plan and bring out the strengths of the quarterback and mix that up in ways to make them really effective, even more effective, um, using their legs to set up even more of their passing. Because the Ravens right now rushing the football, it's been a, it's been a while since we've seen uh, a team rush for, for 200 yards per game average. Right. And, right. um, and that's what makes it really dangerous because he can throw the football. So if you try to commit to the run, you know, he, he could switch out a play or do an RPO. And, and next thing you know, you're, you're finding guys open down downfield and can expose defenses that way. So, the, you, um, you know, the one interesting thing when you look at Lamar Jackson in definitely very deceiving, when you look at him, he looks like uh, a real skinny guy. He's 212, 212 pounds. So maybe he can withstand the hits. But, you know, when you're running the ball, you're, you're not afforded those same uh, cushy calls and uh, kind of a, a bubble when you're a quarterback in a drop back position. When you're running the ball, those linebackers are, and those safeties are coming after you. And that's the only thing that, that as a Raven fan that would concern me is that am I going to get the longevity, right? Is he going to make it all the way through to game 14 or game 15 of the season and then take that hit, and now I, I've i lost him for the playoffs? That That's what concerns me with him being a running quarterback, not, no, a, yeah. not a mobile quarterback, right? There's a difference between a mobile quarterback and a running quarterback. Yeah. when you're When you use your legs as a running back, and you're taking those hits, I totally agree, because you never know, is that going to be the hit that ends his season or ends his career? Um, if you look at RG3, he was never the same when he tore his ACL on, on that play in his, in his rookie quarterback year, and then they brought him back for the playoffs, and it was awful. Then he come back that same year, his knee was all torn up, and he played the playoff game, and, yeah. and it ended in the playoff game, right? And I, and I do worry about that for Lamar Jackson. That, that, that was all Mike Shanahan's fault. Yeah, though. that's right. Yep, that's right. And they tried to put it on the doctor so the doctor was all right. They kind of put through the doctor underneath the bus. Then again, but, listen to Trent Williams. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's something was... there, right? Maybe there really is something there. But it, I just, you're right. I agree with the hit. But I don't believe in changing a, st- a player's style because oh, you're you afraid of that. You can't. Remember right? what they did to Randall Cunningham. They, you know, and remember what they did to Michael Vick. You know, Dan Reeves told Michael Vick, I want you to stay in the pocket, right? And, and he was not the same. They told the same thing to Randall Cunningham, and he busted out his knee standing in the pocket. Oh, remember that play. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember that with Randall Cunningham. You, you can't do that, and that's where that's where Greg Roman is going to help a Lamar Jackson, right? Because he's going to use him to his talents and his abilities, right? He's not trying to put the square peg into the round hole. He's like, the square peg goes into the square. It's <laughs> that square, yeah. right? We're putting you there. Um, 
but you, you you just wonder how long can this last, right? Well, I'm, right. I'm going to ride that wave, but how long? Because it's a violent sport. It, and no matter what they say as far as trying to protect people, it's a violent sport. And if you are out there on the edge, I'm telling you, especially as we get later in the season and when things are on the line, yeah, Greg Williams may have got it, got busted for having a bounty. But, you know, believe you me, these guys are, are coming saying, if we take him out, then we know that we have a shot. Well, you just stole what I was going to say about that one. And, 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 that's, and that's the truth, right? The players are looking to make the big hit and to knock the guy out. And next thing you know, you got to play with your backup. That's not the same dynamic quarterback. So I agree. I think when, when you, when you that, break through that line. That's when your boy comes in. Yeah. <laughs> RG3. <laughs> Who right now uh-huh. is, is holding the clipboard, has the helmet up to the side of his head like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good play. <laughs> but anyway, so as we transition from the Ravens. Congratulations, by the way, to the Ravens. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Because I didn't want to see them with a perfect season either. So, And on the other side of perfect, we had a team that was winless. And we kept picking this team to go winless. Even though I did not pick them this week, I said they were going to win. Uh, I was wrong on that one. <laughs> you, had, you had to be wrong on this one. There's, the, you, you, there's no way. <laughs> I don't care how we put it. There's no way you could have taken the Dolphins. There's no way. They were winless, and they're going to get your squad. Well, <laughs> you know... This this game, I, it's like I want to talk about it, but Wait, I don't no, want to talk no, about no, it. I just want to lean back, put my feet up, and I'm going to put my microphone on mute and just let you go. Let let me hear you talk about what transpired this past Sunday. Uh, well, it wasn't football, I can tell you that. <laughs> I mean, geez, Louise. Um... You know, I, I had a sick feeling going into this week, even though I picked the Jets, because I can never pick the Dolphins. you got to understand that. I just can't pick the Dolphins over the Jets. I just, it will never happen, right? We talked about rivals, and, and to me, I hate the Dolphins more than anybody else in the, in the AFC East. And, and for Jet fans to say it's the Patriots, no. It's not the Patriots. It's the Dolphins. It always has been the Dolphins. Unless you're a younger Jet fan that doesn't know the whole history between the Jets and the Dolphins, it's Jets-Dolphins, not Jets-Patriots. And plus, you have to beat the Patriots consistently to really be considered a rival. And we don't do that. So that's the other half of the rival piece. But I digressed. My apologies. This weekend's game was, um, I don't know if, look, we're, we're banged up in a, in a lot of areas. But our offensive line can't, can't block. Le'Veon Bell can't do his thing, which is a shame because we got no line. Sam Donald is is. is is regressing because we got no offensive line. You got the lineman yelling at Donald on the safety play. You got Tremaine Johnson, who's now out for the year, who's been a huge bust. Um, you had the whole week with Jamal Adams. Is he going to get traded? Now he doesn't get traded. Leonard Williams gets traded. Robbie Anderson doesn't get traded. So you have all this stuff kind of going on, and now we have to go play a football game. And – there's so much that I, I want to say that I'm, I got to keep this short because I don't want to, 
I don't want to go on a deep end, but really at the end of the day, and Vince, you and I have kind of disagreed on this. But when I look at when I look at the Jets organization under Adam Gase right now, all right, when you stop and look at it from sitting in the 300 section and you're looking down at the field, this is Adam Gase's problem. Okay. We the Jets are a dysfunctional house, right? And, and and I read stuff by fans that blame now they're blaming Joe Douglas. The Jets fans are so thirsty to blame, they're blaming everybody. Joe Douglas inherited this roster. He's tried before training camp to make a few maneuvers, trying to get Khalil out of retirement. Look, it didn't work out with Ryan Khalil. I can't blame Joe Douglas for he's got the eight million dollars. Try and get a center that knows what the heck he's doing. It just hasn't worked out. He inherited the rest of this offensive line. That's atrocious. They spend the most money on the, on the line in the NFL. I don't, I don't know if you know that, Vince. The Jets, for the offensive linemen, spend the most money on offensive linemen in 2019. But hold on, CVD. Let me, let me give you a break. Take a breath for a quick second. You say this isn't Joe Douglas's fault. He inherited this roster. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. he tried to do he's some trying. things. He's trying to do some things. But when you go right before training camp, it's not like you can pull off all these crazy trades and, and do all this. You got to see how it plays out. Well, let me well, tell, let tell you. you let me tell you. Adam Gates all over it. Chris Greer. Chris Greer came in and he is making changes left and right. The team is still fighting even though they have a a what's could just be called a a an above average college football team roster playing in the NFL and he's making the moves to prepare for the future the future wasn't now for Joe Douglas when he took the job so why why did he not start making moves earlier not sign a guy who was already retired to become your center well, I, I, well that, I, that's I think, a re, that's regressing. Yeah, but but I think Joe, I think going into the season is Jets. Look, what did you have the Jets record as this year? When you picked no, them, what, what did you have them going? I, I, I did. I, I thought they go nine and seven. Okay, nine and seven. So you thought they were going nine and seven. Pretty much, the the Jet fan base thought they were going nine and seven. Okay, so you can't say they didn't have a roster where you thought they could win nine games. Okay, so when you say Joe is. Joe Douglas could have made moves going into the season. People are picking the Jets, eight and eight, nine and seven. It's going to be a good football season, right? We're, we're getting better. It hasn't worked out that way. But I look at the coaching and I look at Adam Gase when he, he doesn't have answers. And when you see him at the podium and he's speaking, when you think of coaches and how they speak to the media about how the games went down, he has no clue what he's talking about at the podium. No, well, there's there's no doubt about that. We talked about that the day he got hired. We talked about you know forget all the memes and all the pictures of him looking crazy and deranged in the press conference. Just you're talking about a guy whose claim to fame is being the quarterback whisper in Denver. He goes down to Miami, gets the head coaching job in Miami. It is absolutely dreadful down there. It, it was bad. It so bad he gets fired. Yeah. Adam and, Gase was not the choice. He was the fallback choice. Right? But he they shouldn't wanted, have even been considered. Um, I, I, look, here nor there, 
they like Cliff, and they like, and I'm not saying Cliff was the right guy, but they like Cliff, and they like that guy from college. His name is escaping me right now. And he, they were trying to force coaches on him, they, and he they, said no. They wanted, they wanted Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma. No, it wasn't Lincoln Riley. It wasn't that. That wasn't the coach. It you was, sure? Because uh, I heard Lincoln Riley's name being mentioned for a lot of head coaching jobs yeah, this year. The, it was uh, God. I wish I remember the name um, the, of the, uh, the the coach. But here or there it was a coach. He turned it down because they wanted the force feed coaches. Uh, Mike McCagnan and, and Woody. I don't know, not Woody. Chris Johnson. I'm not sure which one, but it's probably McCagnan said, "I'm going to hire you." But you're going to get this as your offensive coordinator. And he said, no, I want to bring in my guys, which I agree with the new head coach. Let me pick my staff. But I look at Adam Gates right now. He is clueless. He doesn't have the answers. He doesn't know how to fix the problem. And it's a it's like we the Jets have a huge hole in the boat. And 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 every time they try, there's more holes popping up all over the place. And it's a sinking ship and it's going down fast. Now. Jamal Adams, we talked about Jamal last week. I think the details were coming out around the trade request. Look, the Jets didn't get what they wanted. They held on to Jamal Adams. I'm okay with that. But truly, because you mentioned it about the rebuild and trading off the assets, the Jets truly at that point, they have to do that. And I think this offseason, I think you're going to really see the Jets make trade chips and, and, and really start all over again. Do I think Jamal Adams will be a Jet in 2020? No, I don't. I don't believe so. I think he's outspoken enough where our owners, just from the owner alone, is going to say trade him. I, I I don't I don't want I don't want him. I, I really feel that way. I just think that's the way the Jet organization is. That if you speak up, you're going to be gone. Like the guy Daryl Roberts came out and talking about the Jet fans. Saying a horrible disgrace, and you're booing, and, and you're this and that, and you're selling your seats, and and the fans are saying, "Look, Daryl, first of all, you've been a Jet for a cup of coffee. You don't know anything about the history of the Jets and the frustration that fans have." Dal Roberts, the fans pay for you to play this game, and if you don't understand their frustrations when you're one and seven, and you're going to speak out, please keep your mouth quiet and play the football game because the fans have the right to to express their frustrations, whether it's at the game or whether it's on social media because he, he hit them on both sides of the fence. And right now you're not playing good football. Maybe if you and your teammates played better football together as a unit, we wouldn't have to say that. But that's all right. We're fans. We pay the money. If you don't like it, play better. So I don't, I'm not going to go on any more on a crazy rant. It, it's been a disappointing season. And I know you and I have disagreed on the coaching status. I just think if he's not the right coach. Oh, we, and, we don't disagree on that. Well, you were saying, you know, from all, his third year, you know, his third year. No, league, no, 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 no. I just so, think you've got to go. He's got to so go. I, 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 don't, I don't disagree that, that it is time for Adam Gase to go. I don't think he ever should have got the job. What I am saying as far as the third year is that now you really have to consider your future with Sam Darnold at quarterback because now Sam is going to have his third head coach, his third offensive coordinator, 
in three years. That is not sure. good yeah. for a rookie quarterback, for a second-year quarterback, and now a third-year quarterback who has, by uh, by all visual standards, has completely regressed. I mean, he, right. he okay. hit his high point in his rookie year when he came back from his injury to the end of the season. Those last four games was the high point of his career. If you look at him this year, he's horrible. And now if you look at him last week, I mean, he's undraftable if you look at him last week. But again, if the coaching is not there, you still you have him for two more years. It, well, technically three more years, my bad. If you don't make the trade, if, the, if you don't make the change of head coach now, okay, he'll never have a chance. Because this guy's not the guy that's going to teach him how to play quarterback in the NFL. He he's not. Right? I, I don't it, I don't it, disagree. It, it's a supporting cast, right? It's you got no line. You got a running back. I love Le'Veon Bell. I, he's playing hard. He's playing hard football for the Jets. He's got nowhere to run, but he's giving it his all. People can say what they want about Le'Veon Bell. They didn't weren't happy with what he did with the Steelers. But when you look at Le'Veon Bell's effort in a jet uniform. Yes, his yards per carry is not the greatest, but he's fighting everywhere to make things happen. There's just no openings anywhere. I don't care how good you are. If your line can't make somewhat of an opening, not, nothing good's going to happen. Stevie and, D, if I am the Jets, if I am Joe Douglas, I look at that all. roster. If I look at that roster, Sam Darnold is getting traded, and I'm going to get whatever I can get. I'm going to play a journeyman type quarterback. I'm going to take my assets that I have, my draft capital. I'm going to take the the money that I have at the, against the salary cap, and I am going to rebuild that offensive line over the next year and a half. And then I'm going to go draft another quarterback with the help of the head coach, who I am going to commit to for at least four years. That way that coach and that quarterback are married together and I'm putting him in a situation where he can grow as a quarterback. The situation that Sam Darnold is in now is nothing but a disastrous one for him and for his future career. No, so I, he's got to go. Gase has got to go. I agree with every. Honestly, I really do agree with you. And I don't. It's not that I don't like Sam. I, it's it's not that I don't like Sam, but. At the end of the day, if you can trade him and, and get a good enough pick for him, I wish him all the best in, with a better franchise. Uh, because you're right. If you if you're if you're tearing it down, unless you really think it, and the new coach comes in and says, "I like everything about Sam," which I don't think it's going to happen because a new coach wants his person that he handpicked. You have to trade him and start all over again. And Jet fans don't want to hear that because we've been suffering for so long. You want to go through another rebuild. But at the end of the day, Joe Douglas has to fix this roster. And he knows how bad this roster is. He knows it. But there's only so many moves other than trading everybody by the trade deadline. But you go into the season, you're not looking, you're not looking to tank like the Dolphins. You're not looking to, to increase your draft capital because you think you're going to be a good football team. And now it hasn't worked out. And I'm glad he didn't just trade Jamal just to trade him. Maximize what you can get for him in the offseason if you're going to make that trade. 
but I would trade them all. I, I would trade anybody that I could to rebuild this thing from, from scratch and hope that Joe Douglas and his scouting department can find the right players to rebuild this franchise. Okay, that's enough, I think for the jet talk. that's enough for the jet talk. Just tell Adam Gase. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. The road, Jack. Stevie D, I, I had to step in because I don't want to see you go down that, that path. It's a, dark, I it's, a, that. it's a dark path for you. It's an awful path. It's an awful I've, path. Hey, I've been there, man. I have been there. I, I, it, I have been there. The last every thing I'll every say, two to three last, years? Yes, but the last thing I'll say is – the Jet fans, just like any fan base, they are loyal to their team. They are, right? The Jets have millions and millions of fans, and they're very loyal. But when you have an millions. owner, yes, millions, okay, millions. Welcome to the tri-state area. You're just not up there in Western Buffalo, all right? We got we got millions and millions of people. Millions. But in seriousness, it is. When you have an owner, Woody Johnson, that doesn't – I feel he loves the game of football and truly breeds that I want to win. And now he hands it over to his brother, Chris, which we thought he was going to be the savior. And he's following these footsteps, and you just – you scratch your head on, on some of the things that he does. We just can't – we can't get out of our own way. And it's just frustrating for a fan base because when you look at other teams that have stability – and you're saying, what, why can't we get that? How, how can this owner go into these owners' meetings and look at all these other franchises that have it going on and sit back and say, well, I'm going to do it this way. I'm just going to change head coaches all the time. I can't, I can't recruit right. I can't hire right. I, it's mind-boggling to me that you have an organization, the Johnson Corporation, whatever the name is, Johnson & Johnson, Johnson Company, whatever it is, and – and you hire for excellence in your company. But when it comes to the football operations, you can't do anything right. How did Johnson become so successful that they make all this money in selling their products and building a brand? And you buy a football team and you cannot hire for excellence. I, I, I don't understand it. I'm sorry. It's a great question. You know, it's a great question. And it goes to something else that we were talking about off of air. Right, you have a proven winner. Maybe you've cheated, but you you have a proven winner in the Patriots. And you look at what Kraft has done for the Patriots since he since he bought that organization, and he brings in Belichick. And you see how how Belichick has run. You see how Kraft has run that team. And you look at all these other teams that are out there. And this is a copycat league. Right? How in the world has it been for teams that have remained at the bottom, seller dwellers, teams that have not made playoffs or championship games or Super Bowls or have not won Super Bowls? Why are they making changes but not copying the model that has been a proven winner? Whether it be the way that you handle your free agents whether it be the way that you handle your aging veterans, right? We see them and have seen them in the past historically. They they cut guys. They get rid of guys that they feel as though their best days are behind them. They don't let them just hang on. The line of the century with that 
It's from Bill Belichick. I'd rather get rid of you a year too early than a year too late. Absolutely. And that's how he lives by. And it's ingenious. It's genius. But teams don't do that. It's unbelievable. Te- teams do not do that. And that's the model. If you're going to copy anything, that's what you copy. What, what blows my mind is that you get these guys coming out, and it's the ego, the machismo, it's whatever you want to call it. And they're like, my way's going to work. And then in three years, they're holding the press conference that they're introducing a new head coach because the previous coach's way didn't work. And this new head coach comes in, my way's going to work. And then guess what? Because Belichick coaches. He teaches their players. So why why aren't – The last time the Patriots signed a linebacker at a five-year deal – being the, one of the highest salaries in the league. They just don't do it. But because CBD. they trade the high-priced free agent to be linebacker because they're coaching the third and fourth-round pick to take that former player's position, and that kid steps in and becomes an all-pro. But and CBD, why are, why are owners that. not hiring coaches who are coaches? That's why a great question. Why are they hiring game, game managers? I, I, I don't have that answer. All I can tell you is that their system in New England is unbelievable. And you you look, you can call it spy gate, deflate gate, whatever gate. But you know what? You can only take so much of the cheating thing, and you can only talk about so much of the deflating of the footballs and say they got a system that's in place that works. They get rid of the high price guys, and the young kids are ready to step in for the next few years until they want to get paid. And they ship them out, and then the next breed comes in. It's a weld oil machine. It's a weld oil machine. It's unbelievable, and that nobody copies that. That that's what I don't understand. And and here's here's another thing that that's crazy, which you hear every year. And we'll start hearing what we're week nine. We'll start hearing it probably uh, in a couple more weeks. That you know they need to get an offensive minded coach. They need to get a defensive minded coach. Well, let me tell you something. Bill Belichick is a defensive-minded coach that has a prolific offense and has always had a prolific offense. So it's not getting a defensive-minded coach or getting an offensive-minded coach. It goes to exactly what you said. You need a guy who can coach. Now, he's a genius as a defensive coach. There's no doubt about it. I'm still feeling the effects of him being a genius playing a 2-5-4 that just completely, you know, then again, I do have to blame the Bills for not running Thurman more. Because if we would have run Thurman more, that game would have been over. But I digress. You know, you you have to get the best candidate out there who can coach. Forget the Rooney rule. It doesn't matter if if he's black or white or whatever. Doesn't matter if he's old or young or whatever. You get a guy who can coach. And then you will have a team, and you start you start to follow the model that the Patriots have. I, you know, it's it, it, it's not anything that's too complicated. They're you know, besides they're cheating, <laughs> it, it's not anything that any other team can't do. But teams are, you know, again, it goes back to that ego where guys want to say that I can do it my way, I can win my way. You know well, what? You you may win one year, but they win every year. Look, there's coaches out there that don't follow the Belichick. Andy Reid, 
he may never win a Super Bowl, but that guy's winning you 12 games a year and getting you in the playoffs every he's year. Not, he's not winning you the Super Bowl. I understood. Understood. I'm not taking that away. But Andy Reid builds winning programs. Right? Look, what the Patriots done, that you look, any sport, we've seen some great coaching in, in many sports. Right? It, it doesn't come around. The Chicago Bills, uh, Bulls come to mind in basketball. You had the Celtics back in the day. You got USL, UCLA basketball back in the day. I mean, you've had, you've had teams that have destroyed competitions for X amount of years. Right? You, they go on these runs. The right? Bills' these, dominance of the AFC. Right? The Yankees' dominance, you know, for many years back when there was no – everybody stayed on the same team for 50 years and, and, and whatnot. So you always kind of – just won. overlooked my Bills? Uh, like I said, uh, I don't know, maybe there's something wrong with the microphone, <laughs> but uh, but it, it's again, okay, you want to give the Buffalo Bills on it, I'll give them a little the, the Bills dominance of the Jets. Well, again, the Jets, not a good comparison there. You may be shooting yourself in the foot with that one, but you, you've seen that those runs that that organizations have gone through. So I don't want to say that it's only the Bill Belichick way, there's still coaches in there that that are winning winning coaches it's just it's i just look at the patriot way and we we call about the cheating but sometimes you just got to give credit to the mastermind and how he does it and and you marvel at organizations that don't take that don't try and emulate that so here here's an organization that it seems to be up and coming and that's the 49ers. Ha, oh. Have they officially returned to glory there in the Bay Area? I'm telling you, I'll ride them until they lose, baby. And that uh, uh, Shanahan is just doing just an unbelievable job. But, look, again, coaching as well. Again, John Lynch is the general manager making the moves to get these players in, getting the right head coach in there. Uh, again, Jimmy G is not like he's lighting it up, man. They just play. They just play. They're a good team that's playing great right now. And that, that's the way, that's the compliment I'll give them. They're not a great team. They're just a good team that play great together. I think with the 49ers and where we're, we're going to see, because we talked about the Patriots early. We talked a little bit about the Bills and their schedules early. If you look at the 49ers schedule, they they have definitely been the benefactor of a soft schedule. I don't have their their the schedule percentage as far as the the win loss versus versus other teams. I I don't have that here in front of me, but just take putting an eyeball to it. You know, you're beating teams like the Bucks and the Bengals and the Steelers and the Browns and the Redskins and the Cardinals. Yeah, they beat the Panthers, you know, and they did beat the Rams, who we don't know who the Rams are in 2019. But they get their first taste of, of competition against the Seahawks this week. What Russell Wilson could do. They're going to play Aaron Rodgers. They're going to play Lamar Jackson. They're going to play Drew Brees. They got Russell Wilson again. So that 9-0 could very quickly end up with a 10-6 a and six type season. Uh, they they could end up at eleven and five, and people will start to question: Are they for real? Well, to answer your question, I like the schedule in twenty nineteen, they were ranked eleventh in difficulty. Um, so eleventh, it's not it's not the it's not the greatest, it's not the worst. It's 
Yeah. But you're you're including the games they haven't played yet. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. You know, true. not nine and zero against the Bucks and the Bengals. Yeah. yeah. You know that that's nothing. But but again, I cannot penalize them for who they have in front. No. They've won every game that they've had. Some of them have been true blowouts. Where again, I'm not going to knock on your Buffalo Bills, but you talked about it last week or two weeks ago when they lost to the Eagles and you went off on the deep end. So just to kind of reiterate some of the things that you talked about is that you can't hope that they play, but they didn't have to come from behind Buffalo in their wins. If you remember your conversation, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. all the wins coming back against the Bengals against the jets, not putting away the giants, the giants hung around. Uh, I think there was another game in there that you mentioned that, that uh, Miami dolphins, right? I think the dolphins yep. took the lead late. You had to come back. So where if you look at the 49ers, they didn't have to do any of that, and they're 9-0. So, yes, I, I don't disagree of who have they played necessarily. They did have some games there against this. Again, I know it's not Big Ben, but the Steelers, again, are not necessarily just a pushover organization to play against. They're doing everything they need to do, and that's why I just call them. They're a good team that's playing great. Their defense is playing really, really good. Right. Yes. Very good. Their defense is is legit. Is legit. Again, they got the Seahawks this week. We'll see how legit they are. Even if they were to lose this game by two points, you can't, you're not, I'm not going to kill them because the Seahawks are a legit football team. But if they win to go 10 and 0, you, you got to give them some love. You got to give them some love at 10 Not many teams start a season 10 and 0. You beat the Seahawks, you go 10 and 0. That's something special. I don't care what your record is. That's a rarity in the NFL to start a season 10 and 0. I, I don't care I will, what your schedule is. I, I do like the fact, and you mentioned him early on when we were talking about the 49ers. John Lynch, you know, he, he didn't make a, a big splash, big time trade, but he made a, he made a legitimate trade when he traded for Emmanuel Sanders. That that trade there solidified at least a number one receiver for Jimmy Garoppolo. He comes in instant dividends when he mm-hmm. when when he, when he came to the 49ers. I mean that's that's what Jimmy G needs to be able to turn that third and six into a first down, right? He's not the guy that's gonna run or the third and seven, he's not gonna run a six yard pattern. Right, he's going to run a ten-yard pattern so that if he has to come back for the ball, he still has the first down. He's a veteran wide receiver, and that was a key trade by John Lynch, key trade, and didn't ruin the roster. And then they they have a stable in the running backs where you have Tevin, Te, uh, was it Tevin Campbell, and Coleman. or Tevin Coleman. Coleman. Think about the singer Tevin Campbell. <laughs> You go old school there, buddy. Uh, I, I am. I'm giving my age, Steve. <laughs> wow. But you, you have um, Tevin Coleman and you have Matt Brenda. So you, you have quality in, in the backfield, and now you have a veteran wide receiver. Yeah, they, they, they are legit, but they still haven't played anybody. Again, you're right. They haven't played anybody. You can say the same thing with the Patriots, and the Patriots got – Got got beat. So you can say the same thing about the 49ers, but I don't want to take anything away from them. I can, you can start taking things away when they lose. 
or if they lose to a team that's legitimate and they got blown out, then you can question. But until then, they're winning football games. They're winning big in football games. And and I'm 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 just for a little um, uh, foresight there. What's coming up? Again, I'm riding the team until they lose. <laughs> so a little foreshadowing, I guess, is the word I was. All right. Saying. All right. So, Stevie D, big news came out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Cam Newton is on injured reserve, ending his season with the Carolina Panthers. Now, yeah, it's, it's, sad, it's sad to see that. Uh, you don't wish a superstar um, uh, a fate like the IR, um, and you don't get to see his talent this year uh, because he is he is a special, special player, uh, good for the league. Um, and so you hate to see that, but on the other hand, uh, a kid get, is getting, get a chance to make his name for himself in Allen. So, uh, it was good for him. He's been playing good football. Um, I thought it was great. The, the little Instagram, um, picture that he had of cam and kind of praising cam of setting a good example of, you know, always being around on the sideline, even though he was hurt, you know, and Cam responding, you know, you're my killer. And so. I think that's great that Allen and, and Newton have that great relationship. And I don't think Newton is threatened by Allen at all. Um, I just think that's that's really, really cool teammates. So and so I think it's just great to see, you know, the the, the two quarterbacks and um, getting along. There's no threatening threat from one to another. And we get to see what this kid can do with the rest of the year. And look, do I think he's going to replace Cam Newton? No, uh, I don't think so. Unless they really like this kid, and they, they can trade Cam Newton for a, some picks, but uh, I don't think you're going to get value. Fun. I don't think you're going to get value coming back for Cam Newton. It, it, oh yeah, you will. Oh yeah, you will. You kidding me? John Elway, <laughs> he'll trade you two, three number one picks to get a quarterback in there. I mean, that's what he does. Well, the question <laughs> is, will he still be there to make that trade? I well, yeah, but I'm just saying. You say would anybody be out there? Well, that's I mean, true. We know traded John over there. He'll do anything. They, they he'll not only will he'll trade for Cam Newton, he'll draft the quarterback. He's he just unbelievable. But um, anyway, not to 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 talk about the Broncos. I just think it's great for a young quarterback like Allen to get an opportunity to play to see what he can showcase in this league. Um, and you never know. Maybe he is the starter there in the future, or maybe they they trade Allen and, and get get something for him because like Scott Mitchell, anybody can get it. Turn an eight-game ah, streak in the There's a name for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who's the other one? That the guy from Green Bay, uh, Flynn, Matt Flynn. Oh, I, I have the name. I have the name of all names. What are you talking about? Uh-oh. Well, no, Scott Mitchell's the name of all names, but second on that list, Rob Johnson, <laughs> number nine pick, sent to Jacksonville for Rob Johnson, number nine pick that Jacksonville used. Fred Taylor. Just chew on that for a minute. Just chew on that. Way to go, Buffalo. Where's the music? That's not uh, music. That's not music uh, worthy. That that's not music worthy. That that's you want drugs. That that that's what that is. Cause that oh, that one still hurts. That that still hurts knowing that you could have got Fred Taylor. And yet you went after some guy who had 
one game through for 400 yards, and you said you are our savior. Um, couldn't you have also had Patrick Mahomes? Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. Hey, I have Josh Allen. <laughs> nice, nice way to try and save that one. And my Josh Allen is not on the cover of Madden, so he doesn't have to worry about a Madden curse. <laughs> How so, about that? It, you know, I'm just going to change gears right here because <laughs> I, I, got, I don't know what else to say. But So what, what do you think of uh, Minshew um, taking a seat for Nick Foles? What do you, I mean, I mean, I got some thoughts on that. I, I thought Minshew – did everything he could to keep the team in the running there. That's why I kind of feel for him. I do understand that you signed Nick Foles to be the starting quarterback there, um, and you're paying him all that money, um, and you can't help it the guy got knocked out in the first game. I just I look at this young kid, and I say to myself, you know what? Did he kind of earn that right to, to play to be the starter? I mean, what, what do you think? I thought that Minshew played well. Uh, especially as a backup. We talked about the backup quarterbacks on a previous podcast. You, you got a young kid that comes in there and, you know, he, he threw caution to the wind and he stabilized the Jacksonville Jaguars when there was a lot of uncertainty of a team that had the potential to win the AFC South. And all of a sudden they lose their prize free agent. And he kept them, he kept them there. And so much so that you said, you know, this kid's got a legitimate shot. All of a sudden, receivers are catching the ball. Fournette starts running the ball. The offense is clicking. The legend or the magic of Nick Foles now, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to deliver because he's being put back into the starting lineup, not because he's healthy, but because of his contract. Yes, and I know they're paying him a lot of money in – and in fairness, he got hurt. He can't help that. You know, Wally Pip, you know, that goes back all the way there. You know, does a starter lose their job because they get hurt? Um, look, Minshew played some really good games. Uh, he had, unfortunately, had a little bit of a stinker last week. That's what kind of everybody remembers. If, if he went out and threw three touchdowns and no picks and had a passer rating of 123 and, and, and the Jaguars win by, you know, 20 points, are we really talking about Nick Foles this week? Right? Are we talking about Nick Foles this week because Minshew had a subpar game and the team lost? At the end of the day, I am personally not a huge Nick Foles fan. I'm not a huge fan. But I, I think in the, at the end of the day, Minshew is still learning to play quarterback in the league. Nick Foles has seen a lot. He's won a Super Bowl, and he's paid to be a number one. I think you give it back to him. And like you said, he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders. But it doesn't mean that he's going to go out and win um, this week. I still, I think they made the right decision to to play Nick Foles. And I don't care about the money. I just think at four and four, Nick Foles is a little bit more experienced at quarterback. He's seen more, um, and that, that's who I would turn to. And I'm not bitter because Minshew beat the Jets. It's just, I think you go back to the veteran quarterback that's seen a lot. Okay. See what happens. You, you know, you say that the, the contract has nothing to do with it. I'm going to tell you the contract. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it doesn't. No, I, I, I agree with you. Oh, no, no, I agree with you. I think the contract has, 
has has stuff to do with it absolutely because as a franchise you don't want to say that you made a mistake by signing this guy and you're giving a guy off the street that was begging groceries i think his story is a little different than than the average quarterback coming into the league in issue and so i don't think you want to make that i i think you want to make that clear cut that says no no no, no. nick Foles is our starting quarterback and you don't want to make a mistake or admit to making a mistake so that's fair that yeah I, I i can agree with you on that i just i think i would have stayed with Minshew probably a week longer because the team is playing well right you don't want to break that chemistry absolutely if you're playing well but the problem is you lost last week so it's hard let's say the jaguars win and Minshew plays like an average quarterback but you win do you make the move then at what point do you make the move? I think, unfortunately, for Minshew is that they lost and they didn't play a great game. So it's easier for the Jaguars and Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone to say, we're going back to Nick Foles. And now is the time to do it. Sure. Sure. Well, well, we'll see how that turns out. You know, anything with Doug Marone really doesn't turn out well. So <laughs> going back to Nick Foles will, will definitely be something that we could keep our eye on. But Stevie D... It is time for us to do our picks. Yes. Panthers, oh, yeah. Packers. Let's start right there. Packers you know got embarrassed. Yeah, they did. Yes, Aaron, they did. Aaron Rodgers comes out and says, well, you know, maybe we needed to have a dose of reality. Well, young man, you got a dose of reality right there. You got embarrassed. I, I have the Packers rebounding at home. I know Allen's playing well and Cam's on IR and all that distraction is now gone. If Cam coming back, he's going to take his role, blah, blah, blah. I just think the Packers are, are going to be pissed and, and just going to play a good football game. And I, I got the Packers. I have the Packers as well. You know, that this is a definite rebound game. The the Packers are have definitely proven this year to be a legitimate force in the NFC. Aaron Rodgers, MVP candidate. I don't see anything derailing them this week. Uh, just looking at that matchup, the Panthers, you know, how, how are the Panthers going to react now that they know for certain that Cam is not coming back? How is Kyle Allen going to react knowing now that he is QB1? These are all big questions. And too many questions against a team that was embarrassed? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is Packers all the way. Anytime you lose to the Chargers like that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Next game, we got Stevie D. Vikings-Cowboys. You know, <laughs> Kirk Cousins on the road with a team over 500. You're pretty much taking the home team on that one. And I, I do have the Cowboys. I got to see more out of Kirk Cousins in a big-time game on the road. Can he deliver? And he's already he, – he didn't deliver it with the, against the Chiefs. I'll put it that way. He had his opportunities, and he didn't make it happen. And it's not like the Chiefs' defense is a top-five defense, and he couldn't, he couldn't do it. So I got Cowboys. Sorry, Kirk. Overpriced. I'm liking the Cowboys as well. Uh, they, you know, they're coming off of a, a victory, a big victory against the Giants. Yeah, yeah, it's the Giants. But when I look at the Vikings, the Vikings have a formidable offense when all players are healthy. 
You have Adam Thielen still struggling with that hamstring. He's going to be out a while. He is, which means that now the emphasis for the Cowboys is going to be on Delvin Cook. I think they have enough team speed on defense to be able to slow down. I'm not going to say stop, but to slow down Delvin Cook. They definitely slowed down Saquon Barkley, even though you knew that's where the ball was going. And it may be a very similar situation here, right? You know that Delvin Cook is going to be the focal point of that offense. And so I like the Cowboys on that. But, but I'm like, back to, to me, at the end of the day, stopping Delvin Cook and all this stuff, blah, 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 it comes down to me is that Kirk Cousins doesn't win big games on the road. He just doesn't do it. Now you can you can say that he doesn't win big games at home either. But you put Kirk Cousins on the road against an above 500 team, it typically doesn't end well for Kirk Cousins, whether he's with Minnesota or when he was with, with Washington. He just doesn't get it done. And it's almost like the Tony Romo Ooh. in big time games, Tony Romo would throw the pick in the fourth quarter. And the Cowboys are booted. Are you he's saying Tony Romo is not clutch? No. You're baiting me here, right? But you know <laughs> that that he's not. And, and, and when you, I mean, he could even hold an extra point in a playoff game. Come on. I mean, I don't like making fun of my paisans. Believe me. Tony, hey, you're my guy. You're my pizza guy, right? But, you know, I don't go against my Italian heritage very often. But... <laughs> When in those cut situations, Tony Robo, he was nowhere to be found. Um, so I look at Kirk Cousins and I see a little Tony Romo in that um, in that perspective. Although Tony Romo will play a good game until the fourth quarter. Kirk Cousins sometimes doesn't play a good game at all in a big time game. So, uh, so you got the Cowboys. Oh, I have the Cowboys. the Cowboys. Absolutely. Now, probably the premier game yeah. of the week will be the Seahawks and 49ers. This game should have been flexed. Yeah, when did it, when did it, well, it, it's on Monday ESPN, so we're, we're gonna get Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarlane. It, oh, it's a primetime game? It is. Huh, I must have missed that one, okay. But it's it's a long primetime game. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. They, they would be better served playing four, 415 or 425 on Fox. <laughs> but no. yeah. Well, I already gave my pick. If everybody was listening before, I'm I'm not even gonna even talk about the game. I just got four times, baby. I can't go against the MVP of the league, Russell Wilson. There's no way. This guy is flat out balling. Balling. I mean, if you look at Russell Wilson's stats. 22 touchdowns, one interception? Are you kidding me? We'll find out. We'll 20, find out. 22 touchdowns. And, and added to that, though, what I really like about the Seahawks, they had a young receiving core. Added added uh, Josh Gordon to that, to that mix as well. Not playing uh, Sunday. But, no, I'm saying added him to that mix. But they had a young receiving core with Tyler Lockett, right? Doug Baldwin retired. You thought, oh, boy, what are they going to do with the receiving court? And now the guy I wanted is starting to come into form, starting to shed that rookie moniker. And I'm talking about DK Metcalf becoming a target for Russell Wilson. 
just extending the field, being able to take it deep. So you have Metcalf, you have Lockett, you have Chris Carson running the ball. They have a legitimate team out there. And, of course, Russell Wilson back there, you know, he can kill you with the run, he can kill you with the pass. But unlike a Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson doesn't want to run. He just wants you to think he's going to run. And then as soon as you step up, he throws it right over the top. Boop. And then there you go, off for 20, 30, 40, 50 yards. I like the Seahawks. I don't even think this one's going to be close. I'm not going to call a score, but I don't even think this one's going to be close. Right, I think well, the Seah- we'll, Seahawks we'll run away. I, I got your list. I got you, Shanahan. <laughs> and so now, Stevie D, because of your Jets, <laughs> <Thanks>. the, <laughs> because of your Jets, the Detroit Lions will not, will not be popping champagne waiting for the Dolphins to go winless. They have one other team that they have to wait on to go winless. So the champagne is still on ice, and they're waiting to hold on to that. And that it's CBD, if you remember, that, that's a reference when the 85 Bears uh, and the Dolphins, old-time Dolphins, yeah. popped champagne when the Bears lost. But we have the Bengals still winless. And they're playing the Ravens. And they're still going to be winless. Well, hold on, Steve. Come on, come on. You, you can have it. You can have it and argue it. There's oh, no way. Oh, all right. Well, here. First like of all, here. the Bengals are at home. They're playing in Paul Brown Stadium. So they're going to have the home Wait. fans. Come on. Do you remember the Bengals back in the day? They couldn't. They were awful. They didn't matter if they were home or on the way or away. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They're at home. The weather should be decent. They're talking about sunny skies, 55 degrees. Great wait football weather. Wait, wait a minute. Talking about weather? Are you we're talking put, about weather? We're, we're putting we're putting the puzzle together. We're, we are putting the puzzle together. Yeah, so Detroit, put, 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 put that champagne on ice, Detroit. We want that chill. Because now the Bengals are at home. There is the chance that A.J. Green is going to make his return for this game coming off of being injured from the from the preseason. Eight weeks he missed. So you're going to have A.J. Green at home in Paul Brown Stadium, 55 degrees. The Bengals are a, well, they're 0-3 at home. But that's okay. That's okay. They're ready. Andy Dalton's been benched. We're going with a different quarterback. Hey, no, have, no. have I changed your mind at all? No, no, no. Not, okay. Not a bit. Okay, I'm going. I'm going with the Ravens too. Yeah. <laughs> There's no story I can build. Come on, come on. No, no hype I can build for that one. Yeah, that that's gonna be the Ravens. This this could get ugly. This, this could be like the Ravens when they played Miami. It could be that bad. 59 points. It, it, it could be just that bad. I mean, Baltimore's already favored by 10. And that I they're being generous. They're absolutely yeah, being generous. I Again, we do not condone or promote any type of monetary wagering. However, if you wanted to bet for fun, I would put the house on <laughs> the Ravens. To, to cover that 10 points it just blow through the Bengals. So Stevie D, 
it is time for us to talk about the official word sports fantasy football league. Okay, where do we begin? Um, I have a dumpster sale going on because my team is in the toilet. Okay, I understand. How do I explain this, DVD? Oh, yeah, buddy. Oh, I don't know how do you explain it, but oh, so, you had a bad this week. Oh, who did you, who did you lose to? I, I lost to the, the team that's leading my division. But let me let me let me explain what happened. That this is the misery that that I went through in fantasy football this week. So I'm coming off a big win beating Sean's team. Yes, Sean, you got beat again for a second time. The Daily Stolic. However, when I'm playing this this week going up against Michael's team, I'm doing some, you know, pre-game, just listen, just before the game, who who's starting, start them, sit them. Uh, who's injured? Who's who's going to be out? I'm listening to all this, trying trying to make sure that I have my roster fine tuned. And I hear from the Philadelphia Eagles that Deshaun Jackson is making his return since his game one just dominant performance where he went off, and that he's healthy and he's going to play. And I was like, oh, I got Deshaun Jackson. So now here's my question: Do I sit Devontae Parker? Or do I finally put Deshaun Jackson back in the lineup? I said, we're going with Deshaun. We're, we're, we're definitely going to do that. So we put Deshaun Jackson in. And just like the week before, we didn't even make it out of the second quarter before Deshaun Jackson had one catch for five yards and left the game with an injury that has now put him on injured reserve. So I had one point from Deshaun Jackson. Meanwhile. Devontae Parker is playing, and P.J. Williams gets hurt, so he is no longer the go-to guy for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's just go to Devontae Parker, who very quietly just put up all the numbers that he needed, 15 points. So that is a net of negative 14 points for my team. Added to that, I say, okay, I'm still down. I think I was down 30 points headed into Monday night's game, but I have two players going, Stevie D. I got two. One, I have the kicker for Dallas. I'm like, okay, Dallas is playing the Giants. Should be able to get at least 12 points from the kicking game. That, you know, that'll cut that number down. And then I really just need a handful from Saquon. Yes, that's right. One Saquon Barkley, number one pick overall in the league. Yes, he can do it. And there's a gentleman who I would love to have on our podcast. One Mr. Pat Shermer. Who decides he's going to run Saquon up the middle time after time after time, and Dallas is just waiting on it, keying on him. And Stevie D, I think I sent you a text saying, did they ever think about throwing a swing pass? Did they ever think about throwing an angle pass? What about a screen pass? You know, because plus that would give me double-digit points, right? I get the yards plus the catch. I remember many texts that night, i got to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't until, what, the fourth quarter that they decide, hey, let's throw a screen. And Saquon takes off. And I'm like, go! (laughs) Go! Actually, you would have won the game if they didn't mark him out of bounds. Didn't they mark him out of bounds? No, no. He he stepped out before he got to the end zone. But I I looked at the score, and all of a sudden, this huge gap from one play, all of a sudden, I'm down four. I'm like, give it to Saquon. Nope, they give it to Goldman. Give it to Saquon. Nope, 
Daniel Jones wants to throw it out of the end zone. Give it to Saquon. Nope, they throw it, you know, incomplete pass. You're killing me, Pat Shermer. You're killing me. But there's still plenty of time on the clock. Maybe a field goal from Dallas. Nope, Dallas decides that they're going to punt. Oh, you're killing me. All right, Giants get the ball back. And I'm not going to recap the whole thing, but this one is the controversial play. They throw a screen pass to Saquon that the Cowboys blow up. But because they blew it up for a three-yard loss, I get the point for the reception, but I get the negative yards that takes the point away. One point. So it's a push. It's a push. So now I'm struggling. Last play of the game. Well, hold on. I got more. Last play of the game, or what should have what was the last second last play of the game? Daniel Jones gets the ball stripped out of his hands or it falls out. Dallas picks it up. Dallas comes in to kick the extra point. I get the point there. I look at the scoreboard. I'm down one. I'm down one. There's six seconds to go in the game. Dallas kicks a squib kick. When the when the Giants player recovers the ball, he takes a knee. At best, one second ticks off the clock. The referees call the game after 59 minutes and 55 seconds. How is that possible? Great question. Because everybody was on the field shaking hands. They blew the whistle. They were like, you got to get back. And then they looked, and they called the game at 59 minutes and 55 seconds. I still had one offensive play left. Now, I know Pat Shermer would not have given the ball to Saquon. But if he does, on just a, an angle pass, just a little dump over the middle, that would have been one point, Stevie D. And if I would have got those three yards back, that would have been two points, and I would have won. Instead, I lose by a point. Hey, I, let me ask you this. You, you're a JT fan, the, the singer, Justin Timberlake. You like Justin Timberlake, right? Oh. You can admit it. You can admit it to the oh. fans. Come on. You, oh. you, you know you like a little JT. Come on. You can admit it. It's okay. Hey, hey, this is this is open airwaves here. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we all remember the song, Cry Me a River. That's what I'm uh, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. You know what? I, I I am strong enough in in my being who I am. Yes, I do like a little Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Well, cry me a river. Wait, you throwing shade over here? Yeah. Oh yeah, I am throwing shade. So That's now now we're done. Too much too much sun and fall. I got to throw some shade. Uh so Lord we're knows, Lord knows my fantasy football team's in the toilet. So dumpster sale. Anybody wants those Patriots defense, they guarantee you, well, except for last week, 20 points a game. Let me know. You're not that bad. Oh, I'm two and seven, I think. No, no. Well, I'm, four, I'm four and five. I'm sorry. I'm four and five. You're four and five. You're, you're, no, you're game, game out of second place. I can't you're game out of the playoffs. I, I can't even break 100 points right now. I, I, I'm... My whole team's all jacked up. I have to make a trade. I'm going to shake this up. Well, hey, may, maybe we can make a, make a trade between the commissioners. <laughs> yeah, that will go over well. Who do you have? Uh, 
No well, way. moving forward. Exactly. <laughs> well, let, let's let's move on. <laughs> so, CBD, this has been fun. We had a good show. Uh, we hope that everybody enjoyed the show. Definitely check us out at officialwordsports.com. You can check us out at Twitter at Real OW Sports. And of course, you can check out the podcast on all the different platforms. Uh, share with your friends, share with your buddies, share with your family. Send us a tweet, send us a text, send us a note. Let us know how you're liking the show. So, Stevie D, I'm Vince. I'm Steve. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.